Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that you're not going to have to worry about reading about them in the headlines of the Monday morning paper, and you know what I mean by that, (laughs) where we've had some banking problems lately, Uh, Renaissance Bank has a rock-solid balance sheet, and they also deliver their services in a very personal way, despite their size. Um, They're at this uh, magic point, I think, of being big enough to handle any need you can throw at them, really, but small enough to do it in a personal way. So if you're looking for all of that in a bank, you can find it at Renaissance Bank. So go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Corey Jacobs, Dustin Harper. Corey and Dustin are with Glued Global Consulting. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. Good morning. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. Gr- glad to have both of you. And we met at, uh, we got to give a shout out to uh, SOAR, the annual conference of uh, uh, Sherm Atlanta. So we met there and uh, had a short conversation, but I want to talk to y'all longer because you guys are interesting. So, <laughs> so thanks for coming in. Um, for those that don't know, though, about Glued Global, Global Consulting, let's give them an overview of how you're serving folks. Yeah, excited to be here. Uh, thanks for having us. Yep. Yeah, so Glued, our tagline is, we help your workforce stick together. That's where the Glued came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really, a lot of companies focus on everything external. So we're, you know, KPIs, process, that's all important, but we focus more on how do you transform your employees from the inside out. So really being that bridge from personal to professional development, ultimately that's going to make your employees happier, more productive and profitable, which is a win-win for everyone. So typically stress and burnout, retention, overall employee health. That's the problems that we focus on with our customers. Sure. And we have five different categories that we kind of instill to, to help them with that. It could be longer term programs. We do small group coaching and we also do keynotes and speaking engagements to try to help them solve these problems. Yeah. And, um, and executive coaching too, correct, right? Correct, right. Correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. Got yep. it. So let's talk about the scope of some of these issues. I mean, um, we we see a lot in the headlines about uh, the mental health in the workplace. We see, you know, burnout, um, um, dissatisfaction among employees. Uh, talk about what you see on the ground. I mean, are, is is what you see on the ground? Does it, it, it uh, confirm what we see in the headlines? I think so. I I, I believe that we a lot of employees wear masks. So they won't tell their direct managers or, Oh, come uh, on. You know, they they're not honest you know, with their yeah, managers, right? Everything's yeah, right. great. Yeah. Um, right. But they will show us. Yeah. And through some of the, the ways we work with our teams and, and clients, we have specific assessments and um, action items that we get to see the data. So it's very real. Mm-hmm. And I believe retention is affected completely by it. And there's a lot of at risk folks, that employers may not even know about. Right. And I think we, we, um, a lot of this, we attribute to the pandemic, but 
it sounds like based on our previous conversation and what I read, what I hear from people that come in the studio that are knowledgeable about this is that this has been going on for a while. The pandemic only uh, really exacerbated some of these trends. Yeah, it showed it. It showed that it's real. Mm -hmm. It made it real to HR folks. It made it real to the 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 C-suite and leadership, and they realized I have another hat I have to put on. Mm. So that's, that's what the pandemic did. But this was, this has been going on for, for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Got it. So what are the, um, is it just big corporate America or is it smaller companies as well? Because we, we tend to dump on corporate America when it comes to issues like this, right? We think, and, and we, we kind of, Sometimes we make them out to be the only ones where this is a problem. But what what do y'all see in that? I I see n- n- to answer your question, no. Um, yeah. However, it's it the the problem is in corporate America. If you if you look at other other countries, let's say Europe, they they work to live. Mm-hmm. We live to work here, right? And you run a business, so you are expected to earn the business money. We're paying you. You, mm-hmm. you the, all that's expected. Um, but with small businesses, you might have a little more leeway. You're closer. You have more relationships. Same problems, perhaps. Um, but corporate America, the you may not know your boss or the boss's boss, so so it's exacerbated a bit. Yeah, but everybody's got some version of the same problem. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you uh, you're seeing stress, burnout, retention, and employee health. Um, what, where does that, how does that manifest itself in the business in terms of what maybe the, the, um, the financial indicators? I mean, because that's what, what everybody looks at, right? So, um, how does that man, how does all this manifest itself in the business? Yeah, it's a great question. I think first off, most leaders, they really want to take care of their people, mm-hmm. right? They want to do the right thing. They want to take care of them professionally and personally, but they have a million different things going on. They have deadlines, they have processes, they have budget, they have all these stresses. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. But if you look at things like retention, for example, I mean, there's all kinds of studies. If you look at Gallup and all these different places, usually it costs one and a half to two and a half times to replace an employee mm-hmm. uh, times their salary. So that's substantial. And that doesn't even factor in the soft ROI of that. Like if your best friend leaves work, right. it's going to have a huge impact on that, those other employees and there could be a ripple effect. So retention is pretty devastating to any business. So I think you have to be proactive with it and really focus on it. And then the stress and burnout, I think, you know, part of what Corey was talking about, there's a lot of kind of living to work versus working to live. And over time, that can make you a lot less productive Mm. as an employee. I know personally for me, I used to be like that for a long time. So you can do it to a certain extent, but then eventually you're going to burn out and not be able to be as productive. So we, if you look at productivity and hours saved, that's a lot of the the big ROI that we potentially conceive. And then also, I think just at the end of the day, if you're looking to be proactive, like let's say right now, it's debatable. There's somewhat of a recession. The economy is a little bit shaky. But if you're not doubling down and investing in your employees, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be tough a few years from now. So if you're reacting to everything and just trying to sprinkle some things here, oh, we'll do a wellness this or wellness that, uh, it's going to be tough to keep up with those elite companies. Because I always think the best companies and leaders, 
they're investing more in their people, even when times are a little bit shaky because they want to really keep those good people. And it, it, it can be really tough if you lose those A players for sure. Yeah. yeah. It strikes me, and this is a question, uh, it strikes me that when we talk about investment in people, we're not just talking about investment in the rank and file. I mean, we're talking about investments in these leaders that you consult with because people get promoted based on, um, you know, their tops in sales or, or you know, they have uh, all these other great attributes in terms of what they've done. Or it's the owner of the business and they didn't start the business necessarily because they were experts in human relations, right? They started it because they were experts in whatever the product or service is, right? So um, you have people in leadership that just don't have these skills, right? Um, is that what you find? or? Yeah, I think especially with frontline managers, we, we see this a lot in healthcare is there's so many issues with staffing and, and finding people that sometimes uh, – those individual contributors just get shoved into a leadership role, but they don't necessarily get the proper training for a variety of reasons. So I think it starts there. And then yeah. if, they, if you start off on that wrong foot, it can be hard to kind of make that up. Right. And then, you know, in past, you know, maybe someone worked for a bigger company and they were able to climb the ladder, but it's much tougher when you're working for a smaller company in that environment. So I think there's definitely a gap. We see it the most, I think, with frontline managers. Right. And then I think a lot of companies are trying to identify who their high potential leaders can be, but that's easier said than done um, from our standpoint. Corey might have something to add there too. Yeah. I think that was well said. Um, I th- leadership is focused on driving business and making decisions. And I believe that uh, as D- to Dustin's point, the frontline managers are managing the actual people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's gaps in between that communication, um, there, there could be some room for improvement. In the show notes here you, that I've got, you, you talk about transforming individuals from the inside out. Let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So, in, in simplicity form, yeah. progress equals happiness. If someone feels progress at home in their personal life, they're going to show up in all aspects of their life better, mm. especially if they're feeling progressive because the company they worked for allowed a company like Glued or, or Pick Your Poison to come in and help them feel that way. Mm-hmm. So transforming a person from the inside out is about personal development, which translates into professional development, doing hard things, being uncomfortable, having a hard conversation uh, needing to go to your customer and telling them, Hey, I got to raise a price and you're avoiding it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you're probably doing that in your, at home, you have your spouse and you're avoiding conversations. Let's practice it really easily. Yeah. Train your brain to know what it's like to win, mm-hmm. to go, Hey, I can do something difficult. It makes the other piece a little easier. Right. Got it. Um, yeah. And I think you got into something I wanted to get to and thank you for that is we hear this term personal development a lot and these terms we hear over and over again, I like to ask, let's dive into that. Like what personal development? So what are we talking about? Right. I mean, because that's different for different people. Yeah. Um, personal development in my, my journey has been, I, I, I've, I've been in sales my, my entire career, Mm -hmm. mainly in healthcare. Yeah. I had no discipline. I came to work and I was, this is a job. I would go home and it would translate into my personal lives as well. And, and my, my personal relationships as well. Um, I did not have good relationships with friends and 
I was wearing masks. I wasn't honest. I was lying to myself. So personal development is growth, personal growth, how you can level yourself up, be around the right people, stop watching TV, read a book, those kind of examples. Well, what what you're aiming at though, is something that I, I love because what I hear you saying is that personal to call personal development, personal development is a misnomer because personal and professional development all end up at the same place. I mean, and sometimes we have this dichotomy of the two, right? And you're saying there, there should be no dichotomy. There's, there's, they're related. Or is that what you're saying? They're they're putting words in your mouth, Corey. They're completely related. Yeah. I think choose your profession. Your personal life is, is your personal life. I think a lot of people have to choose personal goals or work goals. Right. And they should be harmonized, not balanced. Balance is, makes it seem like, you know, that you've got to figure out how to weigh both of them. They should be completely harmonized. And some of the, but to your point, some of the characteristics that you have in your personal life and the way you go about in the world, they show up at work, right? And and exactly. so the question is just um, how you uh, uh, navigate that and and um, uh, work on that personal side in order to help your professional yeah, side. I got, I got an example too. Yeah, for, please. And it might help the audiences. So I was doing medical device. I changed industries and it was a really challenging change. And then pretty soon after that, the pandemic happened. So I was like, goodness gracious, what did I do? Why, <laughs> why did I go change industries and all that? So I was struggling. I was like, should I go back with my tail between my legs where I came from? But mm. I decided to kind of invest in myself. So I started doing something as simple as a morning routine, mm. five minutes, 10 minutes a day in the morning. And it be, kind of became my rallying cry of investing in myself. And I'd always been that kind of live into work type person. And mm-hmm. when I started doing something as simple as a morning routine, it made me a lot more well-rounded. Yeah. And I started my day off, not looking at my phone, not going straight to a meeting, not stressed out, out right out of the gates, but more taking some time to myself, doing some things. And that kind of was a game changer for me. Ultimately I started closing more deals. I was happier. I was more productive. I was getting more things done in less time. And that's, that's been a big part of my personal development journey is just something as simple as a morning routine. So it doesn't have to be a million different things. I think that's where people get overwhelmed. It could be something as simple as working out every day or a morning routine or Mm -hmm. other things that we, we talk about with habits. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and I guess the problem that, um, folks up the line have in a big enterprise, uh, organization or, you know, the owner of a business have is, they find it hard to match up the ROI of that, right? But, you know, the ROI of um, telling an employee you need to go, you know, take that five minutes of your own time, right, and invest in yourself. They, 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 they. It's hard for them to see the ROI to to their business of that kind of work, right? Is that it, is it, that a issue? It it can be an issue. Yeah. However we have specific assessments that can measure that. So what we look at is time saved and productivity. So by nature, our, we, we, we want to rest. Mm-hmm. Humans, we want to rest. We want to be comfortable. We do a lot at work. We're busy, busy, busy. We're multitasking. However, if you understand priorities, if you know how to structure your week and know you're not going to hit 100% of that, that weekly goal you just met, mm-hmm. you, wrapping your head around that and understanding, all right, if I get to this one thing, and I have time to get to the other. Okay. So understanding prioritization, uh, boundaries with that. And we see correlation into personal lives that you're, 
you're you're doing this as well outside of work, it's a little easier to manage your own self than to come to work and have to answer to someone. And so we we help them understand how do you do this in the personal life, and then it bleeds over. However, our assessments look at productivity and time saved at work, and we can show where someone might have been able to work on a deal a little better, um, and also morale and and happiness we track as well. Mm-hmm. Got it. Folks, we're chatting with Dustin Harper and Corey Jacobs. They're with Glued Global Consulting. So let, let's let's talk a little bit about kind of how it is that you work with clients. So um, maybe the way to start the conversation here is just to say what what when what are the symptoms I need to be looking for in my business to know I need to pick up the phone and and call Dustin and Corey. What, 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 what do I, what am I looking for in my business? Yeah, it's a great question. So there's a, a few things I would probably focus on. Uh, first off is retention, which we talked about earlier. If, if for some reason that number's a, a little bit higher, the turnover than you want it to be, then certainly we're a type of company that, that could help them. So, and that's something that is a constant battle for companies, especially the last few years, it's really hard to keep employees around. So any challenges with retention or turnover certainly would be someone that we would be talking to. Also, we, we do quite a bit in healthcare companies that call in healthcare or actual providers. There's a substantial amount of stress and burnout from mm-hmm. the last few years for a lot of reasons I'm sure everyone's aware of. So if there's really in-depth stress and burnout, let's, you know, there's different industries. Sales professionals are getting rejected all the time. They're getting told no. So, so they can have a lot of morale and stress issues. So people to that effect. And then I think just overall employee health, if it's a leader that is already invested in their teams in mm-hmm. the past with personal development and they want to keep stepping it up and, and finding new places to work with, we, we love doing that. And also people that maybe for whatever reason they haven't had a chance to invest in their team as much as they would have liked to mm-hmm. because they've been focused on other things. Uh, those are also people that we talk to. And then I, I'd say the last thing is just, there's a lot of apathy and lethargy going out there right now yeah. in a variety of industries. And it's mm-hmm. really hard to keep people motivated. And there is a lot of soft and hard ROI sides to that. But I think uh, any industries that have employees that are kind of apathetic and lethargic for whatever reason, that's something that we could help with too. Okay. So, uh, that's helpful. So, um, I see some of these symptoms. I give you guys a call. What happens then? Yeah. Great question. So we, you know, we're very consultative in our approach. Uh, both Corey and myself have been in a variety of industries and high level sales dealing with hospital systems, Home Depot, all these massive fortune 100 companies. So uh, first off, we make it all about them. And we have a a couple in-depth conversations about, hey, what really is the pain point? Is it retention? Is it we're not closing enough deals? Are we struggling with revenue? Is it more the apathy and lethargy with the workforce? So Mm -hmm. we really dive in like what is most important to them and how do we line up with their overall mission and values and those biggest problems? So that's number one. It's not necessarily a process. It's just going through a few meetings and, and making it about them. From there, we decide, hey, what's what's the best fit? And we use, usually have a few different options. So we have overarching programs for the entire workforce that are mm-hmm. usually five to 10 months. It's really a 360 approach of in-person workshops, on-demand video library. We have a text message service, all these different things that we bring together to really get that change over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Number two, it could be small group coaching. So maybe there's a cohort of high potential candidates that they want to take to the next level, or it's some employees that 
are struggling for whatever reason and they want to step it up. So we might pick a smaller cohort for them right. and really focus there. And the last thing is we prefer to do longer term programs because you can really track the ROI, but we will do one-time workshops. We will do speaking engagements. We tend to bring the motivation and we can, we can do that and, mm-hmm. and we like doing that. But if we had to pick, we'd rather do longer term because then we can actually show the ROI a little bit better to the company, but we will do sales meetings, sales kickoffs, keynotes, et cetera, depending on the situation. They might have an event coming up and want us to come speak. Sure. Yep. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so do you find that when you do the, um, diagnostic, I guess with, with clients that, um, they pretty much know what the problem is or are they surprised sometimes uh, um, when, when it comes to some of the things that come out of those conversations? I think they're definitely the latter. They're surprised a lot of times. I think they have their finger on the pulse where they want to go. Sure. That's clear. Right. And then we, we give them examples and, and ways that we've worked with organizations, then light bulbs start going off and mm. they, they, they realize there's some other opportunities for improvement as well. I think a lot of organizations do these one-time engagements. I bring, if you're into the mindfulness or wellness, they'll bring a yoga teacher in or um, they'll do a sales kickoff and bring the spe- the best speakers, top 1% of speakers. Um, but that gets you motivation for a good week. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to status quo. Right. And our goal is behavior change. So we teach a lot about that and explain that. And I think light bulbs start going off. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, because they they uh, they obviously see enough issues to get you on the phone or have uh, say hey come in let's have a conversation, um, but there may be other issues that you diagnose that they really have not focused on right. They for for example one customer we're working with currently we we have a a, a couple month engagement with them starting next week. Hmm. They have clicks in their office. Come to find out, different clicks that they. They didn't realize they knew the morale was low, mm-hmm. but there's, it's like gossipy clicks Ooh, and it's creating lovely. bad culture. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so th- th- that's a good example. Well, this, this is fascinating to me because, uh, how do you, how do you identify that without having been, been in the organization for a, a length of time? Right. So it, yeah, go ahead. I was, yeah, it can be tough to get people to talk about their problems. I was going to say that too. I mean, you have yeah. to kind of, you know, you can't be direct sometimes with right. these type of conversations because they are very sensitive. So I think you, you kind of make it about them. You talk about the symptoms. You've, you've asked a lot of good symptom questions. So I think if you get them talking and kind of hear what's really going on and care about their business and do your research, mm-hmm. then people will start opening up to you more about what really is causing the problem. And, and a lot of times you don't want to be honest with yourself about the problems for you, for you or for your company. So I think part of our approach, I think helps people, you know, be more open to us and, and uncover that, but it's certainly not easy to get people to talk about some of these things. So you have to kind of present it in the right way and a more consultative and, and, you know, proactive way. So I think, the first time you talk to someone, they might not tell you everything that you want to hear. Oh, come you, on. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm shocked. Everything's to hear that. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Right. So, I'm just checking a box talking. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's like, right. You know, yeah. sales leaders don't want to talk about how their numbers are bad too. So there's a lot of pressure on sales leaders when we talk to them. So they don't necessarily want to go in depth about, well, we've missed the last couple quarters. You know, it can be tough. So I think just our experience working with a lot of high level customers has helped us with that to, to kind of just make it conversational. We're not transactional. Like you have to do this, this, and this. We're more just talking to people and not 
pitching them and going through a 50 page PowerPoint presentation, which most, most people probably see a lot. And I think our background from, <laughs> By the way, thank you for that. <laughs> Can I just stand up and applaud here briefly for not bringing the 50 page deck? Yeah. Wait, good, good job. I'm sorry, Corey. Go no, ahead. No, no. Yeah. He's, he's spot on. Yeah. I, I think our background, um, both Dustin and I came from medical device consulting and sales mm. and the way we were able to achieve success in those industries is by asking good questions and getting leadership buy-in mm. and identifying challenges and pressing the button down on the pain point. Mm. And um, so it's, it's a safe conversation. And again, it doesn't happen at the first conversation. We meet with other leaders, different uh, decision makers within different divisions, and we identify very common ground within that. So I think based on our background, we're able to, to make it a safe conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, so, and you got to, uh, you have this conversation and then I guess what, the next step is to is that you recommend just ways that folks can engage with you, which, as you mentioned at the top of the show, are a lot of different ways, right? I mean, there are a lot of different things that, that business leaders can do to engage your services, right? So you make some recommendations after that conversation. Yeah, our kind of marquee one, if we had to pinpoint it down to our flagship, is, is a 10-month program. Okay. And we identify... If it's a larger organization, we might start with one of their smaller business units as kind of a, a test or pilot. And let's say there's a few hundred employees in there. We'll start with the leadership. So we basically have five different pillars that we focus on. Getting 1% better, which is focused on habits, mindset, having, having a growth versus a fixed mindset, embracing change, mm. mindfulness, and then integrity. So we have five pillars that we focus on. Um, and then the first five months would be with the leadership. So we want to get the leadership bought in. It's not, there's no point to do it for the employees in the workforce if the leadership isn't bought in and, and we can help them as well. So we'll start with the leadership for the first five months. And then from there, take it to the frontline employees and the rest of the workforce for that division. And in totality, it's, it's a 10 month program. And during that, we'll meet monthly, quarterly to kind of go over the results, make mm-hmm. some tweaks where we need to and kind of show that ROI. And then assuming that goes well, we'll continue that relationship and partnership over a longer period of time. If it's a massive company, it could be more of an enterprise type situation, or we continue to work with them and have a a new program the following year. So that's, that's our go-to. That's what we love doing the most because it's the most impactful and we can actually track the ROI. Of course, we'll do some other things as well, but that's where we, we, typically try to point people if, if it makes sense. But if it doesn't make sense too, sometimes we talk to people that it's just not a match for whatever reason. So maybe we hand them off to some other people that we know that's a better fit or vice versa. So I think we, we also, uh, we don't want to push it if it's not something that's going to work for them. And if, if they don't, or if they're not bought into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, got it. Wow. Um, great stuff. But, but before we um, close, I want to, give you guys a chance to brag on yourself okay um uh y'all been pretty modest up until this point but let's talk about a success story maybe um um a situation that you're pretty proud of you don't have to mention names of course but a situation you're pretty proud of in terms of the transformation you've helped achieve so we have we have a few yeah of course yeah um one one that sticks out right away um we're, we're we work with healthcare. And mm-hmm. there's a, a large national healthcare uh, health system. We were able to do a five-month program with them. They have a lot of retention issues. 
a lot of people at risk. It's nursing, mm. it, it, extreme burnout, extreme mm-hmm. stress, low staff. We were able to go through our entire program. One very at risk individual, bad morale in the office, kind of toxic, uh, changed her whole demeanor. She actually, she actually decided to go be a life coach on a part-time role so she could help the employees in her office find better ways for stress and burnout. And that CEO that worked with us, who is one of, keeps in touch quite often with us, continues to tell us how she's a cheerleader. Wow. It changed her completely. We have a lot of stories, but that one stuck, sticks out right away because of the nature of how, how bad the, the staffing and uh, morale was in that, in that uh, hospital. Yeah. Wow. What a great story. Um, well, I can't imagine there aren't some folks that want to be in touch after hearing what the great work you do. And we're delighted you came in. We could uh, honor and uh, shine a light on that work. But let's tell folks how they can find you. Yeah, LinkedIn is going to be the best way, uh, Glued Global Consulting. So definitely follow us on there. Uh, myself, I'm very active on LinkedIn, Dustin Harper. So definitely give me a follow there. And then our website, it's very easy. If you go on our website, gluedglobalconsulting.com, you can easily click a button and get a meeting with us set up pretty quickly. Dustin Harper and Corey Jacobs from Glued Global Consulting. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Congratulations on the great work you're doing and uh, keep it up. Thank you, John. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming in. Hey, folks, just a quick uh, thought for you. Uh, If you've got some other dysfunction in your business, if you've got administrative tasks that are dragging you down, you've got bookkeeping issues, um, maybe your bookkeeping involves a Nike shoebox and a bunch of receipts. Well, you you know you can do better than that, but you don't have time to. Um, So the Great folks at Office Angels can help. They have a whole team of angels who have uh, all a variety of, of different uh, competencies and expertise. And um, the chief executive angel there, SCS Cabido, picks out the best one for you, and they fly in, get the job done, and they fly out. And they do it on an ongoing or as-needed basis. I know how the work they do because they do work for me, and they are fantastic. So – Give Essie a call, 770-442-9246, or go to officeangels.us. But just give Essie a call, and I think you'll be glad you did, and tell her I sent you. And, folks, just a quick, uh, couple quick thoughts, and then we'll close out this show. Uh, uh, I've got a new book coming out this year. It's called The Price and Value Journey. Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices Using the Generosity Mindset Method. If you want to know more about that, go to pricevaluejourney.com. You can also find a link to my podcast of the same name, The Price and Value Journey. Would love to have you subscribe to that if you're not already a subscriber, and thank you for your support there. And also, thank you, uh, listeners, for your support of this show. You have supported us over the past seven years. We just passed our seventh year anniversary, and we're um, honored. Um, at that support. If you found something here in this conversation or any of our shows that makes you want to share the show, please continue to do that. That's how we get the word out on great business leaders like Dustin and Corey and celebrate the great work they do and uh, continue to fulfill our mission as the voice of business in North Fulton. So for my guest, Corey Jacobs, Dustin Harper, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.